Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossford, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 19, verse 14 says that Jesus said, Suffer the little children, which means don't stop them. Don't, don't hold them back. It says, And forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. We hear that scripture quoted a lot. I never really paid attention to verse 15, but whenever I read verse 15, I can just say something changed in me. It says, and he laid his hands on them and departed thence. It says he laid his hands on them. That doesn't mean that he went around, oh, what a cute little girl, what a cute little boy. Because in the Bible, when they lay hands on people, there is a transference that takes place. There is an anointing that takes place that is transferred. So Jesus laid his hands on these children. And the children are from anywhere from infant to a young adult is what that children means there all that whole age Jesus thought they were important enough that he laid his hands on them because he knew even back then the enemy the devil was still alive and working back then he knew they needed what he had to survive. They needed it. All I can say is when I read that verse 15 and he laid his hands on them, something changed in me. I've always had a heart for the kids. I want to see the kids. I want to see them get prayed for that's always been in me for a long time. I love it when they come and get prayed for. But that has taken a whole lot deeper root. Because I know. I know what they face. I know what they're going to face. And I know if they don't have the Holy Ghost. If they don't have the anointing. They're not going to win. It's only, and that's true with all of us, we've all got to have the Holy Ghost to win. We've all got to have the Holy Ghost.
Hallelujah. The title of my message this morning is Jesus, the author and finisher. Make this statement. The voice of God is never wrong. We say that we believe that. I believe that. I say that I believe it. I don't know how to put it except I believe it on a certain to the depth that I can believe it. Does that make sense? But to say that the voice of God is never wrong, then when he speaks to us and we do something opposite, <laughs> or we don't take his voice seriously, or maybe what he spoke was not what we wanted to hear, I got several responses out of that one. <laughs> because that's the truth. A lot of times when we ask God for something, we have a preconceived idea of what we want and how we want it, how we want it to come to pass. Then God speaks. And it's none of the above. It's that D answer. You know, on those multiple choice questions. A, B, C, or D, none of the above. That's usually God's answer to your problem. But if we believe, really believe that his voice, that the voice of God is never wrong, it is never wrong. I was teaching or helping Sister Charlotte, this morning in prayer. And I was telling her that sometimes the Holy Spirit will quicken something in us. And we'll know, we'll feel it that. We'll feel that little quickening in our spirit. And we'll start to pray it. We'll start to speak it. We'll start to act upon it. It's not just in prayer. It's in every area of our life. We'll start to act upon it. And we wonder why everybody else hasn't jumped in with us. Y'all ever been there? You don't know why everybody else hasn't jumped in? Because God didn't speak it to them. He spoke it to you. And we have to, we have to know that he spoke that. And we have to just grab a hold of it and keep pressing it and pushing it. And once we do that, then other people will begin to grab hold of it and say, oh, then, then they grab hold of it and say, oh, the voice of God spoke. And then they begin to come together and back you up. But we have to get it in us that the voice of God is never wrong. Never wrong. 
James 16, 13. It says, How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come. We're a... For he shall not... says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. It says, and he will guide you. He will show us the truth. The Holy Spirit speaks the truth and nothing but the truth. We know we've watched some of these detective shows where they come before the judge, they put their hand on the Bible and say, you, you swear to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. And then they lie anyway. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost speaks the truth and only the truth. Everything he speaks is the truth. I heard God say, been several years ago, he says, I don't have to honor what I didn't author. I don't have to honor what I didn't author. In other words, if God didn't speak it, he's not obligated to back it up. If it's our plan, then it's our plan. If it's our solution, then it's our solution. Because if God didn't speak it, he doesn't have to back it up. And uh, we've seen this scripture in Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die physically. It means that your plan is not going to succeed. What you try to do outside of God is not going to succeed. My wife, Pastor Dennis, said this about that scripture. And this, this is awesome. If we grab a hold of it. The best interpretation of that scripture I've heard is the best we can do is destruction. The best we can do is destruction. The best we can do is destruction. Hallelujah. See, God's word is described in two different ways. We've heard them described before. See, this right here, get it picked up. This is the word of God. It's the Logos word of God. 
Logos means it is a general word of God that communicates his ability and will. When we read this, we get an understanding of who God is, how he operates, and what he wants to do. That's what this does when we read it. But then there's another word of God called the rhema word. The rhema word is when this word, when we're reading this word, and the Holy Spirit quickens it to our spirit, then that word becomes a rhema word. That word becomes alive. That word has the power of God behind it. That word is the word authored by God. He just spoke to you. The creator of all things just spoke into your life. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but that in itself is just awesome. The creator of all things chose to speak to me. That's, that's what happened whenever he, I read verse 15 a while ago in, in Matthew 19, 15, where it says, and, and Jesus laid hands on them. That word was quickened in me. That word became alive in me. That word makes me want to lay hands on every child that walks through here. Because I know it has a purpose. And Jesus did it. See, the spoken word out of God's mouth has what's called dunamis power behind it. And I've heard people say that that dunamis power, that that's where we get our, actually get our word dynamite from. You know, dynamite changes stuff. <laughs> dynamite will change something. You stick it under something and light the fuse. Something's fixing to change. That's the way the rhema word of God is. We stick it under the enemy and light the fuse. <laughs> Something's fixing change. I'm just saying. We stick the rhema word. When he comes at us and we got that rhema word, that's what we fight with. It's like a stick of dynamite. It has the supernatural power of God backing it up. This word is true. This word, we can quote it all day long. Nothing will change. But when this word, when we're reading it, and we get a rhema word out of here, and we speak that word, it changes everything. It changes everything. Matthew 11. It's because it has the power of God to back it up. I just want to. I want to challenge you young people. 
to start reading this. I want to challenge the young people to start reading this. If you don't have a Bible, talk to me after church. We will come up with one. We will get you one. But you start reading this. Let this get in you. You don't, it's not how much you read, it's that you read. It's that you get it in you. And start in the New Testament. Start there and read it every day. A little bit. You don't have to read 20 chapters. You don't even have to read a whole chapter. Just read a little bit every day. Begin to get it in you because it will change your life. Matthew eleven fifteen says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. When it says ears to hear, it's talking about ears to hear the voice of God. Our ears are tuned. Y'all, young people don't know the radio stations we used to listen to, the old radios. We had a dial. <laughs> the older people know. And to get that station that you wanted to hear to come in, you had to turn that dial, and if you went too far, it had a little needle that moved back and forth. And if you went too far, you'd go through it, and it'd be real static, and you had to get it fine-tuned to hear. You had to fine-tune it to hear. That's the way our ears have to be when it comes to God. We have to get them fine-tuned to hear Him. And one of the ways we get them fine-tuned is to pray, to get in His presence, put on worship music, and read his word. That's the two ways right there. That's what we do. And that fine tunes our ears to hear the voice of God. And it's very important to hear the voice of God. I was praying. It's been months ago now. I was, I was praying about the service. And God showed me, he says, I want, this has happened more than once. It's happened at least twice. God showed me, he says, I want this certain person to come. Then when they come, when they come to church, I want them to, I want you to get them and sit them on the platform with you. I don't know the purpose except to just to bring them out of their comfort zone and into the presence of God. They weren't required to do anything. Did you know they didn't show up that Sunday morning? Been coming fairly regular. They didn't show up. They didn't show up next Sunday. They didn't show up for a long time. The voice of the enemy, which ever so slightly kept them out I don't know what God would have done had they set up here on this platform in the anointing 
and not done anything. They, they wouldn't have had to have done anything just to sit there and be in his presence. And this, is, this one has been recently. I was praying and God showed me he wanted me to have this certain person minister with me. It was a young person. And I, I asked God, I said, what's, what's the purpose? I want to get them used to the anointing. I want to get them used to ministering. You know they haven't been back to church. They haven't been back. The voice of the enemy. Did he tell them, uh, God's going to use you if you go to church? No. It's just, just you need to do this today. Uh, you need to sleep in. Uh, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. Any, any, anything but come to the house of God. And, and it's kept them out of the anointing. It's very important that we hear the voice of God. Proverbs 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Verse 34. Says, blessed is the man. When it says man, that's not talking about the male figure. That's talking about mankind, men, women, God includes all. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gates and waiting at the post of my doors. So what does that mean? Blessed is the man that hears, watching daily at my gates and waiting at my doors. Gates and doors represent entrances. This, as I was talking about reading the Bible, this is an entrance into God. It's a gate. It's a gateway into the Spirit. Prayer is a gateway into the Spirit. That's what it's talking about here. You wait, at the, you wait in this Word. You wait in prayer. You wait in praise and worship. Those are all gateways and doorways into the presence of God. And it says, blessed is the man that hears me watching. What's the next word? Daily. Daily. Not Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Not Sunday. Daily. Daily. The enemy speaks daily. I'll just tell you, he speaks all the time. 24-7. He never sleeps. He speaks constantly. God wants to be able to speak to us constantly as well. 
says, watching daily at my gate. See, these are, these are entrances to the presence of God. And we have to purposely listen. You know, I've, I've seen people, you know, they, they take this and there's nothing wrong with reading. I've read this through one time in a year. It was not an easy thing to do. And what I got out of reading it through in a year, you want to know what I got out of it? I got out of being able to tell you I've read it through in a year. That's what I got out of it. That's what I remember about it, is I read it through in a year. <laughs> we get in it and we read. And the Holy Spirit speaks. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, when the Holy Spirit quickens you, you know when you're reading and you feel that quickening of word will jump out at you. Maybe you're planning to read the whole chapter today, but a word jumps out at you. Y'all grab this now because this will change you. When that word jumps out at you, the Holy Spirit just spoke right there. He said, Brother Ernie, I'm going to paraphrase it. Brother Ernie's reading this Bible, he's reading the scripture, and then all of a sudden, a word jumps out at him. What actually happened is the Holy Spirit says, Brother Ernie, I want you to dig into that. I got something I want to show you. That's what just took place in the spirit realm. The Holy Spirit saying, whoa, stop, right there, right there. That's where I want you to camp out for a little while. I want to teach you something. You can go ahead and read the rest of it, but it won't mean anything to you. I'm telling you right now. You'll just be reading. Camp out right there and see what the Holy Ghost wants to say. Because what he wants to say is more important than finishing the chapter. You know, God can't start. I said that Jesus is the author and the finisher. But you know, God can't start anything in our life if we don't hear him first. How can he? We got to hear his voice. Let's go to John 6, 44. It says, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent him, sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That tells us that we can't even get saved without hearing the Holy Ghost. Even a lost man has to hear the Holy Spirit speak to him to get saved and I, I know that for a fact years ago I was this church I used to go to they had a revival service the pastor gave an altar call 
I didn't go down. I felt it. I felt it. You know how you feel that in your in your belly. Oh, I need to go down. Need to go down. I didn't go down because none of the other kids went down. I didn't go down. The next night, I didn't feel that, but the other kids went down. So I went down. Nothing. They prayed over me, but nothing took place. I didn't get saved till I was 17 years old, and that was years, years later. Had I went down at that time, the Holy Spirit spoke, but I had nobody to teach me any of that. I would have been saved then. So we got to hear the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost draws us to even to get us saved. Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He started it. And he ended it. He, he started it and he ended it. He, he, run, he started his race. He finished his race. And because he did, we can. So just think about this. This says, We are accomplished about with so, with so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, we're, we always... They always tell them on TV that the aliens are watching you and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> we are actually being watched by this great cloud of witnesses. They're watching us. They're praying for us. They're cheering us on. They're saying, you can do this. Dr. Klutzy was here, and when he was praying one day when we was up here, he saw, this is a prophet, the mighty, and his Bible says, if you believe the prophets, you'll prosper. He was, he was up here praying, and he saw elders in heaven talking to God, saying, God is not through with freedom yet. God is not through. And what that means to me since I am here, since I, I am freedom. That's something we got to grasp too. I am freedom. This church building is not freedom. It's where freedom meets. I am freedom. You are freedom. You are, and you are, and you are, and you are. Every one of y'all, your freedom. And if God said that he's not done with freedom, that means he's not done with me. 
He's not done with me. He's not done with you, Benny. He's not done with you, Miss Nancy. He's not done with you, Brother Allen. You're still breathing. God is not done with you. <laughs> if there, it's really that simple. God said he is not done with freedom. That is me. He's not done with Pastor Tim. He's not done with Pastor Dana. He's not done. He is not done. He is not done. Then it goes on and says, let us lay aside every weight and sin. I taught this not too long ago. We know what the sins are that pull us out of the presence of God. The weights is the thoughts that the enemy, that we allow him to slip into our mind. Like the thoughts of the people that didn't come so I could minister to them. There was a thought, there was a weight that the enemy put on them that caused them to stay home. Every weight, every vain imagination, that's a weight. We lay those aside. Every thought that pulls us from the presence of God. I'll, I'll just tell you one of the thoughts that's going to come to you when you start reading this on a regular basis and studying and looking into it. Two things that's going to hit your mind. It's too hard, and I don't understand it. <laughs> that I don't understand it is a big one. It might take 70 years to understand it, but if we can get one revelation, it, it changes everything. So what if it takes 70 years? Hallelujah. It's worth it. When it says, I got to find my page back. <laughs> Where was I? Hebrews 12. I'm almost there. Hebrews 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. When it says looking unto Jesus, what it actually means right there is we're desiring, we're trying to become like him. That's our purpose. We're looking at him because I want to be like him. I want my appearance to be like him. I want my character to be like him. I want to be like him. Because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And you know, I said earlier, the voice of God is never wrong. Well, God finishes what he starts. God finishes what he starts 
Psalms 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It is settled in heaven. That means God's word is established in heaven. The word actually means it's a, like a military post. The enemy can't do nothing with that word. It's a military post in heaven. It's established in heaven. There's also another word in there. It's established in heaven. It's our part when God speaks to us a word to establish that word on the earth. That's our part. Because it's already established in heaven. So when God speaks, that word is being released onto the earth through us. So we establish it on the earth because we are called ambassadors. An ambassador establishes in the natural, an ambassador of another country comes in and establishes the rules and regulations and all of that stuff that where he came from, they establish it there where they went to. That's our job, to establish the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And it's our mouth that establishes it. It's our mouth that takes that word that God spoke and establishes it on the earth. Proverbs 18, 12, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, God's part is finished. It's already established by the Holy. But our part, with the help of the Holy Ghost, we establish it on the earth. So every word that God has spoken to you, God wants to revive it. God wants to stir it back up. When I was preparing this word, this is what come out. It is time to come into agreement with what's been spoken over you. We've all had words spoken over us that we haven't come into agreement with. God says it's time to come into agreement with what's been spoken over you. It's time to start your destiny and your purpose. It's time to start healing relationships. And we heal those relationships with a rhema word from God. When God speaks, we do that. And that brings healing to relationships. It's time to hear what Jesus is saying and speak it forth. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. It says that if he spoke it, he will perform it. If he spoke it, he will perform it. So if it's not being performed, we have to say, God, why? What in me? What in me 
keeps this word from coming to pass. That's what we have to do because it's not, there's no default on God's end. It's already established. God said that his word is established. It's already, his part is already done. So when he speaks that word to us and it's not coming to pass, that's what we do. We get in his presence and say, okay, God, this was spoke to me. What is my part? Why is it not coming to pass? It took me a long time to get to the root of one of my problems. <laughs> I taught on finances here for several years. Y'all have heard this testimony, most of you. I've taught on finances, teach you how to give, how to, how to tithe and how to give and tithe and give and tithe and give. Quoted those scriptures over and over and over. And it wasn't, I was teaching y'all what the Bible says works. The Bible says that, that tithing works and that giving works. It says it. Malachi and Luke, it says it. And I'm teaching y'all, that's what the word says. The word wasn't working in me. It wasn't working for me. But I'm telling y'all that it works. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And finally one day, I got a breakthrough over it. It was on a Wednesday night, and I remember Brother Ernie was a part of it. I come up to Pastor Eileen, or Apostle Eileen, and says, I've got to know, I got to that place, that I've got to know that this is real. That what I'm teaching is real. I've got to know it. And when I got up off the altar, I knew it. But I had a stronghold in there, a judgment in there that wouldn't let it be real to me. I knew it would work for you. I knew it worked for, would work for you, but it wouldn't work for me. So that's where when God speaks and gives us a word, we've got to know that it'll work for me. So if God has spoken a word to you, and maybe you've laid it down because it hasn't worked. He wants to revive that word. He wants to show you why it doesn't work. Because his word is the truth. It is the absolute truth and nothing but the truth. So if you've got a word that you want God to revive, then I'll pray for you. We'll come into agreement because there's power in agreement. Hallelujah. It doesn't hurt to be prayed for more than once in a service. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've come to the altar before in front of Apostle Eileen and when she got to me, she had called out a specific thing. Y'all come line up. I didn't need, I'm just telling you what happened. I didn't need what she was praying for, or I didn't think I did. But I went down anyway, and when she got to me, she said, what do you need? Stuck my hands up and said, I just, I just, I just want more. 
Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.